Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Kraken This Morning, a presentation of the Kraken Audio Network and Sports Radio 93.3 KJR-FM. Here's Mike Benton. The Odyssey rolls on to Broadway. Welcome to Kraken This Morning for the second day in a row. And the Seattle Kraken finishing back-to-back this evening against the New York Rangers. Only visit to Madison Square Garden. We've got... All the action for you coming at a more conventional time compared to Monday when we had the 10 a.m. puck drop. This time, we got you on air, 3.30. I'll join you from Network Central for the Coors Light pregame show. Everett Fitzhugh, Alkaniski have the call from what they say is the world's most famous arena a little past 4 p.m. Pacific time as a Kraken aiming for a 1-1 split. Against a team leading the Metro right now, that's the Rangers and the Kraken trying to bounce back from their first regulation loss in over a month. We'll talk about more on that, plus roster moves, which hit the wire before the end of the night last night. Curtis Crabtree at Fox 13, and what's cracking will be along in just a bit, and we'll also get more reaction from the booth after yesterday from Everett Fitzhugh and Al Kaniski. As far as this matchup, the Kraken coming in just one loss in their last 14 games, but also having to face more injury issues and questions right now because Matty Beneers will not be available for the short term. Last seen in the win on Saturday against Columbus. He took a check from Cole Sillinger against the boards. Vince Dunn fought Sillinger. Beneers came back took two shifts, was not seen for the remainder of the night, did not play in the loss at Pittsburgh on Monday. He's on the IR. John Hayden recalled from AHL Coachella Valley. Time will tell if he makes his Kraken season debut coming up today, but the Kraken getting a big and physical forward all set to play. We'll see if Hayden gets into the lineup here as the Kraken still trying to figure out if they'll get Vince Dunn and Andre Burakovsky also back in. They are day-to-day. Adam Larson, by the way, also missing the final two periods of the loss at Pittsburgh from what Dave Axtell said was due to illness. The Kraken coming in 19-15-9, and 47 points. They are still tied with Edmonton for the final wildcard spot and sitting two points back of the Nashville Predators who lost at Vegas last night. Nashville carrying the first wildcard spot. The Kraken also three points behind the Los Angeles Kings and still a little past the halfway point of the season, trailing second place Vegas by eight points after Vegas beat Nashville. The Rangers coming in. Bouncing back into the win column, they beat Washington last time out. 14-6 and six on home ice. They lead the Metro, but just two points ahead of the Philadelphia Flyers. Carolina in third, looming three points back. The Rangers coming in 27-13-2. The Rangers winning 4-1 first matchup at Climb the Pledge Arena back on October 21st. The Kraken seeking their first win ever at Madison Square Garden and their second win in six meetings against the Rangers all time. Before we 
we get to Curtis. More reaction from the booth after Monday's loss in Pittsburgh with Everett Fitzhugh and Al Kaniski. All good things must come to an end. Yep. A historic run for the Seattle Kraken comes to an end here in Pittsburgh. A 3 nothing loss at the hand uh, hands of the Pittsburgh Penguins in a game in which saw the Kraken hang around for pretty much the entirety of the game. But I think the biggest key for this game is going to be you enter the game without three of your big pieces with Beneers, with Dunn, with Burakovsky out, and then you lose Adam Larson throughout the game. A number of other players I noticed were taking shorter and shorter yeah. shifts and skipping shifts, so a lot of guys banged up in that room, and I think it showed here tonight. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's not so much the, it is the individual parts, obviously, but the combination of the Dunn and Larson pair yeah. was, was huge there tonight, lo losing them. Uh, looking at Larson's ice time, just 4.01 uh, minutes and seconds of ice time, so early in that first period, they, they lost him. So that was, that was a big uh, big reason for the loss here tonight. And like I said, if you're going to lose on a winning streak, yeah. you know what? You can point to uh, injuries as a big reason uh, for the loss. And hey, they already made the history, right? So they already yeah, got exactly. the record. Now you can start a new one <laughs> That's tomorrow. That's the best part. Winning was the fun one. part. So yes. you get to start one tomorrow. Let's get some quick uh, takeaways from you. And before we do that, Al, I want to get some thoughts on just what the Kraken have to do tomorrow to get another nine-game winning streak started. Well, I tell you, there's going to be a lot of talk about uh, the effect of these injuries. You're not getting four guys back tomorrow. We don't know who, if any of them, will be coming back tomorrow. But it's got to have be that next-man-up mentality. You've got to have the, the, the mindset of, I'm getting my opportunity to get additional minutes or to play even more than maybe I've been getting to, to play over those nine games. So you've got to uh, look at it from an opportunistic standpoint uh, and, and contribute to getting that two points tomorrow. And what are you going to take away from tonight's game? Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to take away that uh, shots matter. And in the yeah. first period, again, it was better, but it wasn't great. You got outshot in the first period. I, I, I think that, that there's something missing there with the Kraken's game, and, and uh, I think they paid the price for it here tonight. We jump right back into it. Second game in as many days. The Kraken taking on the New York Rangers this evening. Officially in the afternoon, West Coast time, Curtis Crabtree of Fox 13. And what's cracking joining us here from our friends on the TV side? Well, Curtis, kind of a boring week in Seattle, I would think. I'd love to uh. see if Jed Fish can come to a Kraken game after a win and eat the fish. That joke is out no. now for the day here. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's going to be a fun personality coming into the sports scene, though, around here. So I, I've actually talked with Jed Fish before because he used to be the Seahawks quarterbacks coach uh, in Pete Carroll's first season as head coach here in Seattle back in 2010. So I, I, I have talked with him and know him a very, very little bit. And yeah, now the Seahawks coaching search is just getting underway and we'll have dueling press conferences here on Tuesday <laughs> with uh, the UW introducing him at 11 o'clock and John Schneider also speaking to us at 11 o'clock too. So it's going to be a busy, it's already been busy, but yeah, it's not slowing down at the moment. Yeah, we got a lot going on here. Plus a game off old Broadway here for the Kraken and the Rangers. Let's first flashback here, Jaden Schwartz, after the loss in Pittsburgh on Monday. I just didn't think we executed well enough. Um, we looked a little tired at times. Um, just didn't have that same jump and energy and um, just weren't able to make passes and execute and, and uh, get to the inside enough. So we got to rest up, uh, get some energy tonight, and um, be better tomorrow. Afternoon game in Pittsburgh, plane travel then to New York City, then play a game 24 hours later after a 3 nothing loss. And before we get here to the injuries part and how they're going to manage this, 
it, it seemed like they were missing key parts under the hood in nearly all corners here for this one, Curtis. And this was a game it looked like where it was just an uphill battle right from the get-go. Yeah, I don't think they played that bad overall, but they just couldn't generate anything offensively with uh, without Vince Dunn, Matty Beniers, Andre Burakovsky in the lineup. You lose um, Adam Larson on the back end 20 minutes into the game. Um, it just kind of stacked up against them. They're trying to just throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks from line combination standpoint. And, um, you know, Jamie Alexiak's playing nearly 30 minutes of the game action just because they're shorthanded on defensive side. Like, um, a lot of things were going against them in that game, uh, against Pittsburgh. And I mean, as we talked, we've talked about during te- over text, you know, at some point they were going to lose another game mm-hmm. and it, it just kind of caught up to them here on Monday with the circumstances that they were facing here in Pittsburgh. This announced just before our heads hit the pillows last night. John Hayden apparently is on the way to New York, recalled from AHL Coachella Valley, and we should have kind of read the tea leaves here. He wasn't in the lineup for the Firebirds, but now Matty Beneers to the IR, where Hayden fits. Instant reaction. Curtis, go ahead. They needed a center. If Matty Beneers was going to be out and on injured reserve for a little bit of time, they needed a center to come up from Coachella Valley and fill the fill the lineup out here for the interim. Um, you were having Devin Shore pick up that centering duty in the Pittsburgh game, and while he can do it in a pinch, I don't think you want to have it happen multiple games. You're already having Jared McCann play out of position to play center currently as well um, with the lineup that they're currently rocking. So it just kind of felt like they needed to add a little bit something to backfill there if Matty Beniers was going to be out for a stretch. So I think that's where the Hayden um, kind of pickup comes in. And the Rangers are a little bit of a bigger team too. So like from a size perspective, Hayden's a good matchup to come in and have him help them out in that regard. This is going to be so fascinating because we see the reaction mainly online and it provides a pretty good pulse of this here from fans, from interest. John Hayden is associated with grit. And it's too bad because he wasn't healthy for the playoffs last year when he went down later in the season with an injury, the fight, the lower body ailment. All of a sudden, he was done for the playoffs for as long as the Kraken were in this thing here. So I bring the question up many maybe are asking or thinking, how much can he make inroads with this roster based on his kind of game and the fact that the playoffs are about three months away? Well, he's never looked out of place to me in the games that he's had to play for the Kraken. He's added some points on the score sheet. He's been willing to be physical um, with the forechecking efforts, willing to get into a fight when he has to, even if it hurt him at the end of last season when he got uh, injured and was out having to to miss all the playoffs, as you mentioned there. Um, You know, you got another game coming up against Edmonton later in the week that, you know, having Hayden in the lineup for would be a nice thing to have too. Um, I, I don't think that they're, they're necessarily lacking the grit necessarily at the moment. You saw Vince Dunn immediately jump um, Cole Sillinger the other night when Matty Beneers got hit alongside the boards and was willing to, to jump in the fray with them. I know at one point earlier in the year we were talking about how the Kraken might have been struggling to stand up for themselves at time, but they still were like among the, the league leaders in fights um, at that point in time in the, uh, in the season. So they're willing to have the fights when they needed to. It felt like their run of play needed to be more physical. Hayden brings both of those elements. So if you need either one of them, he's willing, he's willing and able to help you in those areas. So um, his skill set is more of that way. He's not going to all of a sudden start lighting up the score sheet, but he's a competent NHL veteran 
that knows what he's doing, knows how to play, and has shown before that he's comfortable matching up and fitting in in these, in these moments where he's had to come up and, and play some games. Dave Axtell kept the media gathering pretty short and sweet after the Pittsburgh loss on Monday. And yet he mentioned how Riker Evans played a good game. 22 minutes, matter of fact, and a lot of that because he was getting Vince Dunn's slot as far as Adam Larson's defensive pair before Larson went down. But the more and more we see holes begin to prop up here on the defensive side of things, it's moving Evans further and further up the depth chart, which it seems like, again, you check off every box and he's passing a ton of tests here in his first season in the NHL. Yeah, there's nothing I've seen from Riker Evans to think that he's not ready for this moment. They just don't have a regular spot for him right now. And having depth in your organization is not a bad thing. Like, he's sitting there knocking on the door ready to go when they need to call upon him. And, you know, that spot just isn't available right now because Justin Schultz has been playing pretty well on the back end the last, you know, couple weeks since he rejoined the lineup. And they've obviously been going on the the point and win streak that they did with with these guys playing all together. They're not going to want to disrupt that chemistry at all. So, um, it's just kind of a matter of the way things are at the moment. But, like, yeah, when you look at the way Riker's playing, you're certainly going to need to grow and adapt and learn more as this game progresses at the at this level and everything. But, like, nothing has looked out of place for him through the limited action that we've been able to see of him through, what is it, 10 games or so, yeah. so far in his career. Granted, rosters can change with injury, but how do you feel about Joey Decord right now not yet going to the All-Star game? Well, it means he gets to break, right? <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's probably good news for Seattle, if anything. I mean, as much as they've ridden him since Philip Grubauer went down with injury, um, Joey has been a top five goaltender in the NHL since that point. Like, unquestionably, he's getting you know over a 900 save percentage in just about every game he's playing. Since December 10th, 12th, or whatever it is, his save percentage in aggregate is about 940-something. Um, the record's obviously been there with him playing through a large majority of this winning streak. Uh, goals against average is low. He's only had two games over this span since the start of December where he's in starts where he's made, where he's allowed more than two goals in a game. He's just playing outstanding hockey right now. The best stretch of goaltending this franchise has seen in three years. And so you, you can't do anything but credit him with the way that they've been able to play and the wins that they've been able to get. He's a big part of that reason why. And even in this Pittsburgh game, he came up with a few more saves to keep that game even closer than it probably should have been. Yeah. And you can say that in just about every game they play, oh, that's a save that, you know, could have gone in the back of the net. He, wow, he came up with another one. Like, he's doing that just about every start out. And it's why they're able to play the way that they are right now. If not for him, Sidney Crosby could have had a hat trick in yesterday's game. He had a great A save on him during the game on Monday. So th- this came to my head. Aside from Decord, who is an obvious piece of all of this, give me your most important player or important players from this team in the last 13-game run. Well, I think you can't do anything but credit the way Vince Dunn's played on the back end. He's obviously been right up there, their leading scorer through the first half of the season here, kind of quarterbacking everything on the back end and helping them start to generate the offense that they were lacking through a, through a good part of the early stage of the year. I think you have to give credit to Tomas Tatar since he was able to get here because of what he, his addition did was it allowed them to lengthen their lineup back up back out to where you were truly getting four lines all coming together and creating that depth that, uh, that you want to have them uh, see. And then on top of that, 
it, you, you saw Maddie Beniers and Jordan Everly's play tick up playing alongside of him as well. So I think all of those things kind of come together and allow them to kind of go on this run that they have here. And, and, you know, Jared McCann wasn't scoring through a good chunk of this uh, winning streak either. And yet they were still able to find ways to do it because that depth depth scoring action came back into being a part of their being. And Tatar's addition was what enabled them to be able to do that. You know, it seems like you check the standings and every day there's someone within close range that just keeps winning right now at this point. Kings won. Nashville did not yesterday, so the Kraken stay put tied with Edmonton, who has a tiebreaker right now for the final wildcard spot. I say this with the assumption, firmly tongue-in-cheek, where it feels like Edmonton may never lose a game for the remainder of this season. I mean, at this point, who's more catchable to you, Curtis? Do you look at Vegas do you look at Nashville? Do you look at the LA Kings? I think all three of those teams are vulnerable. Um, I, I still don't know exactly why Nashville's been as good as they've been looking at their roster. Like they just keep finding ways to win, which is nice for them and everything. But like, I, I, I question whether it's fully sustainable over a full course of the year. And with the way they're playing right now, both Vegas and LA are scuffling pretty significantly at the moment. Vegas got off to that incredible start to the year where they were what? 11, Oh, and one to come out of the gates. I, they've been a sub 500 team since then. Um, and the same thing with the Kings where they didn't lose a road game for like the first, what was it like? four weeks, month, month of the season there about or so. Yeah. And they've really come back, come back to earth as well. And um, I think, you know, it's going to take some more gaining of ground to really kind of challenge those guys because they got such a good head start, but it's now within the realm of possibility where it wasn't three weeks ago when the Kraken were really on the verge of falling off of contention because of how far they'd kind of gotten behind the eight ball. And now even with their nine game winning streak and 13 game point streak, now they're just firmly back right into the mix. Yeah. Like they still aren't in a playoff spot. Yeah. It, the run that they've gone on has got them back to legitimately be in the conversation, which they hadn't been with the way things were going. Last time these two teams met, it felt like a different world about three months ago and just a night of chaos back at Climate Pledge Arena for the Kraken and the Rangers. I'll begin with the lights going out, teams having to switch sides. Middle of the period, Artemi Panarin going off. Curtis, you'll get to this. The Kraken getting down a forward here. But it feels like here for a game like this against the Rangers, they're picking up steam. You've got to find a way first off from what game one told me. Take away time and space from Artemi Panarin so much where it feels like maybe a crowded subway in the middle of a metropolitan area at rush hour. What about you? What are the greater areas of concern for this game? Don't forget that that was the game Andre Burakovsky got hurt with the hit from Jacob Truba. You know, a pretty busy night for us on a couple of different fronts, um, given everything that happened that night. But yeah, between Artemi Panarin, Chris Kreider, um, they have a number of weapons on that team. They can cause damage for you. And if you do happen to get through them, now all of a sudden Igor Shesterkin sitting in net waiting there to eat up anything you try to throw his way. So there are a reason they've been one of the best teams in the NHL through the first few months of the season here. They have hit a little bit of a cold stretch here as well over the last week and change or so. But they are a very dangerous team. And if the Kraken are coming in shorthanded and beat up and injured and sick and whatever other things they have going on at the moment, like this is going to be a very difficult matchup for them. All right, so we have the game coming up. We have another game on Thursday with Edmonton. And in between, you got press conferences here for Jetfish and what will be a Seahawks update. I grant you peace. I grant you as well the best nap that you can take here for about a few days down the road or even beginning here today. But thanks so much, my man. We have 
Also, what's cracking coming up on Wednesday? What you guys have coming up as well? Yeah, just uh, trying to get everything kind of handled on the football front. Get the football season fully put to bed with coaches in place and all of the that's, that's been thrown onto our laps here over the last week and change or so. And then maybe I can take a little bit of a breather for 15 minutes before spring training starts <laughs> right around the corner. So it's just kind of the way things are in our world, isn't it? Uh, naps and coffee, naps and coffee, lather, rinse, repeat. Curtis, you've got the drill down. Thanks, bud. No worries, Mike. <laughs> All right, great talking with Curtis. We'll see how this all shakes out as far as the Kraken lineup as they also aim for the split in the two-game season series against the Rangers. Once again, we got you beginning at 3.30 for the Coors Light pregame show. Everett now have the call at Madison Square Garden a little past 4 p.m. Pacific time across the Emerald Queen Casino Kraken Audio Network. Big thanks to Curtis Crabtree. And for Kraken this morning, I'm Mike Benson. Happy Tuesday and enjoy the game. You're home for the Kraken. Sports Radio 93.3 KJR-FM. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.